Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight live stream with Mr. Stephen Key and my name is Andrew Krause. Together we co-founded InventRight 23 years ago. We've had students in over 65 countries. What do we coach and mentor people to do? We coach and mentor them to license their products. What is licensing? It's basically renting your idea to a large company and receiving a royalty for every unit they sell. Don't need to start a business. Don't need employees. Don't need to raise money. Wait a and minute. that's licensing. Yeah. Come on, Andrew. That sounds too easy. <laughs> sounds too good to be true. Yeah. So here's the here's the hard part. So it's great once you do that deal, but how do you do that deal? So we guide people to do everything right. So they have the highest chance of success that they will do that deal. And you're not gonna get every company to do a deal. You might need to reach out to 20, 30 companies. One does a deal. Most inventors don't bother to do that. We make sure that our students do. So we do these live streams for the public at various times where you can ask questions. So it takes a while for people to um, to have their questions come in. Scott just came in. Some other people will be streaming in. So, but we'll, so we'll just ramble and talk about some things as people now, start wait a to minute. ask questions. Now wait a minute. You 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 want me to do the work? You're talking about if somebody's a student of ours? Yeah. You want yeah, me to yeah. do the? I want you to do the work. Okay. Well, there's companies that, that do that, but we know how that turns out. Uh, why? I mean, there's good reason why the Federal Trade Commission, the Patent Office warns against these invention promotion companies. If you do the work, you know what's going on. If you're an inventor that's been coming up with ideas your entire life, you need to know how to reach out to companies. The idea, this is nobody likes this, right, Stephen? But the idea is maybe 5 to 10% of the process. That's it. If you and if you're saying, well, I'm doing five, ten percent of the work, maybe five, and I want somebody to do all the rest of this work, make a sell sheet, file intellectual property, make a list of companies, reach out, negotiate, study the marketplace, you know, do the marketing right, do everything right, that's not a reasonable expectation. And so there's an endless list of companies that says, yeah, we'll do all that for you, but they're just pretending to. They have no success whatsoever. Our students have success because they're actually doing the work because the person that came up with the idea is the one that's most motivated to do it. And there are people out there that will readily take advantage of folks that don't want to do the work, but we're saying we're going to guide you, we're going to coach you, we're going to mentor you, and you have to be willing to do the work, and you're being unrealistic if you're not willing to do the work. Well, wait a minute. I'll just go on Shark Tank and let the, let the sharks uh -huh. do all of it. Yeah. Well, they, well, that's not really how Shark Tank works, is it? We know that. There's the sharks do all the work. They don't do anything, right? You know, and so licensing is a lot sexier than Shark Tank because when you license to a big company, it's, it's a big company selling kitchen stuff. And they're in Walmart and William and Sonoma and two or three other retailers. They have that distribution. When you do a deal with a shark on Shark Tank, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make this and then we'll try to get distribution. And the retailer doesn't really care that you were on Shark Tank three months ago or three years ago. Okay, maybe you can put on the package. Maybe that helps a little bit. But when you do a deal with a very large company that has that distribution at retail now, that is, and they have manufacturers reps that are constantly calling on the buyers of those retailers. That is much stronger than a deal with Shark Tank where you have this one product, one SKU company. When you have a manufacturer's rep at a company you license to, and they're talking to buyers at those retailers every month 
that is a much stronger relationship than I was on some silly TV show. I mean, let's be real. You know, so licensing is way sexier than Shark Tank. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, wait. I'm just going to make it myself and sell it on Amazon. Well, that's a way to go. It's a viable way to go. But again, you're, and there is no, we're, we're poking fun at some of these other methods and they're not all wrong, but we believe they're mostly wrong for most people, okay? So it's not 100% that's wrong, this is right, licensing's right, going on Amazon is wrong. We're not saying that, but we're making points here, right? So that's why we're, what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> Amazon's like a website. You create a website and put it up, but if you don't do any search engine optimization, you're lost in a sea of websites on the internet, right? It's the same thing with Amazon. You just throw your product up there, you're lost. And, and you need a lot of money to do that properly. You're gonna be manufacturing a product. God knows how much that costs, depends on the product. And then you've gotta pay money to get better listing in Amazon. You know, you know, And you're competing with God knows how many others. I mean, you search for cell phone case and there's like 30,000 cell phone cases on Amazon and you're on the 56 page, what are you doing there? You know, so now, if you license to a company and they have a bunch of products and you know, oh, that product, oh, Jesus, they have 12,000 reviews, five-star reviews. Like, so back in the day, we used to say, don't license to a company that sells on Amazon because it wasn't strong, but that's not necessarily the case now. Maybe they got, they got well, look, they got that product, 12,000 reviews, and look, they're also in three retailers. That would be a good potential licensee. Well, I'm just gonna wait a minute. I'm gonna simplify everything and I'm, I have an idea. I'm just gonna find those companies that have a portal and I'm just going to submit my idea. I don't need to. Now do you're all just that. randomly. You went completely off on a different, a different topic. Now. I am. I, I want to talk about what everybody's thinking about because I'll tell you, these. I want to go back. You guys I have a couple of rants again. I did a lot of rants last time. I got a few more rants today. Well, okay. no, last last time we did an impromptu thing. I didn't know what Steve was going to do. It was entirely about patent attorneys. Yes. Right. We're not going to do that again. But they drive me crazy. Watch the last live stream if you want to check that out. I want out. to talk about them today, too. I'm not letting these guys go. Right. But I, I even did a video on our YouTube channel, right? If you haven't watched it, it went out on Tuesday about patent attorneys. Please watch that because I went on a huge rant there. I'm not stopping to these. I haven't watched that yet myself. I haven't watched it. Because you know all the problems these guys cause. Yeah. You know well, we talked about for a whole hour last live stream. Not because... enough. Not enough. <laughs> Okay, I, I do want to say one thing about these so-called portals. You guys, now there's companies out well, there. Well, first of all, people get confused. Define what you see as a portal. There's what is it's a portal? Online, online. I've got a great idea. Hold on, you guys. It's, it's online. Submit my idea through this portal. Have an idea. Submit here. It's that, that little button you're looking for as an inventor that, oh, I, oh they're looking for ideas. I'm just going to submit my ideas through this portal. Yeah. I'm just send it off. Yeah. Now, I'm here to tell you, you guys, it does not work that way. Right? These companies that have these portals. Now, not all of them, like Andrew said, this is not the case for every single company. Of course not. But what we've learned that these portals, Companies don't really license ideas from the portal. And they've told me that, Steve. Oh, no, you know, we really, we've had that portal up for a long time. We really don't license any ideas through there. Or we're using this one third party portal, but no, we, we've we never even, we've never taken an idea through or, there. Or, so, or, but, but then when you ask them, but do, have you licensed ideas? Oh, yeah, we've licensed ideas, but 
How are they coming to them? Through the portal. Not through the portal. And you know, the guys, these third-party people that have these portals, that they have any success, let me see that. I don't see any of it. They never say, yeah, we've got all these companies. We got all these companies that we represent, send it to me. It's only going to cost you X amount of money. But it doesn't work. If it did work, they would show that success. So what I'm saying here, you guys, to, to really be good at this, you have to build a relationship with the company, right? And that's sending your idea through this black hole disappearance. And what's the, what's the easiest way to build a relationship? Well, there's a couple ways. Number one, we're big believers to do it through LinkedIn. We teach a class twice a week. We've written a book on it. We love LinkedIn, but you have to do it correctly. You could call the 800 number. We know that too. I love calling. It's not, for, most people don't like it, but you can definitely get into companies that way. Trade shows, you could walk the show, find, find those companies, right? You could work a show. So all these other ways of finding the right people that want your ideas. Yeah, you know, so, or email, and so that's the way you reach out. But the 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 thing that I always like to simplify for people is the way you build a relationship with a company is just to send them your first product. Ask permission to send them your first product because then they can. Now you've got their email, you've got their phone number, probably. You, you know, and when they say no to your product, which most will, you only need one to say yes. You have now made a relationship. But that's not how most inventors see it, Steve. And they go, well, I got rejected by these 28 companies. I'm like, but you reached out to 30 companies and you licensed it to that one company. You have made relationships with 30 companies. And and if they said yes to receiving your first product and you, you had a decent sell sheet and you conducted yourself in a professional manner, you have a relationship. Now, if you send a terrible sell sheet and you conducted yourself unprofessionally, they're putting you, as Steven says, in the amateur pile, probably, and you have not created a relationship. You've created, oh, this guy again, delete. And, you know, they so they're, they're, they, yeah. they've told me they've got a list of people that reached out to them incorrectly they don't want to work with. But, Andrew, the, the thing that we don't really talk about, too, is that, and the companies know this, they've told us this, it's very unlikely we're going to take that first idea you submit to us. Very unlikely it happens, but no, it's usually the third or fourth idea, maybe. Yeah, but if you're, but if you show one idea to thirty companies, and then you show another idea to those thirty companies, and then, you know you can they're, license your first product, but it might, might not. It's not going to be to every company. Well, what they're saying too, though, when they say this, that first idea you reach out to and you build a relationship, and you you're following up by submitting another one. Yeah. You're following up by maybe resubmitting it, make some changes, you get some feedback by spending another one. You're, you're, you're showing them that you're investing in them. And then when they, they recognize that, go, you know, this person's not giving up. Wow, this person's got some good ideas, not quite right. Maybe that's not right for us today, maybe later, but not quite right. But he sends another one in. You're, you're really building that relationship. And eventually they just might tell you what they're looking for. Now, Andrew, mm. before we get to the questions, you and I know how important that, that hit list is. Right? Uh, and talk the about one, the want list or the hit list? The, the, the wish list. 
The wish list. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Well, we we had we had um we had two bridging the gap companies for our coaching students. We have two companies come on a month. They talk about a little bit about their company. Here's our product line. Here's what we're looking for. And they they'll they'll give you some hints and things, and they'll give you direction. But these two companies recently, they said, not only that, I will email you a wish list. Anybody that's a student of ours and they want it, they'll send you a wish list. I mean. They're, when they're going through their product line, what's worked, what's not worked, they're kind of giving you direction, which is great, which is really unique to our bridging the gap. But when they say also, if you ask, we'll give you the actual wish list. They don't give that to the public because they don't want our competitors to see it, but they're comfortable with it because these are students of ours. They know it's not going outside the walls of InventRight. You know? And the minute you have a, a target to hit, Right. That's a relationship. There's a, hey, we're looking for this. And that allows you to kind of zero in. So let's go to let's get some questions here. I love this oh. first one. Which yeah. trade shows are good for inventors to make good <laughs> contacts for kitchen gadgets? Well, the houseware show, the home, the houseware show, you know, what, what do they call it now? They changed the name. Interna inspired International. The Inspired Home Show. Like yeah, what the yeah, hell? Yeah. But we call it, we still call it the houseware show because that's what it is. The houseware show. It's ridiculous. They changed the name. That is actually, guys, my favorite trade show, which really sucks because I'm I'm a little lazy in this respect. I live in Los I live in Henderson, Nevada, which is right next to Las Vegas. Like 75% of the trade shows are here. So I only have to go, you know, drive like 15, 30 minutes to get to the trade show. But my one favorite show where I see the most innovation, the most companies that are really open to ideas. It's a good show. Is, is the International Inspired Home Show, Houseware Show in Chicago. So they need to freaking move it to Vegas so I can just drive 20 minutes and go there. But, but should I buy a booth? Talk about the booth. Should I buy a booth? You know I'm the a, answer I'm to a, that. Inventor, you answer it. I'm an inventor. And I, have a, I have an idea. I want a license. Should I buy a booth? Sure. You got lots of money to waste and you don't want to talk to the right people. Yeah, sure. Okay, so so Steven's prompting me because he knows this gets me. When you're at a show, what is what are the typical people walking around like the houseware show? The people that have the booths are manufacturers. They're making a kitchen cutting board, can openers, whatever, housewares, right? Home storage organization, houseware stuff, you know, all sorts. They have tons of stuff beyond that. So they're a manufacturer. They have booths, okay? Makes sense for them, all right? That's not you. You're looking to license. You're not manufacturing. <laughs> so who are the people walking around to these booths? Who's standing in front of the booth here? This is a retailer, a buyer for a retailer. Oh, I see your kitchen cutting board. I want to buy that and the other products you have. Okay. All right. So that's the person that has the booth, is the manufacturer of the, the housewares. Now, you should be walk. You don't have a booth. You're walking around. It's free now it's not free it, it a booth is very expensive god knows how much that costs insane amount of money okay and i don't care if it's an inventor if sometimes shows will have lower price small booths where the inventors are there which retailers don't really take this seriously if you ask me that's just my personal opinion so you don't want to get a booth you want to be walking around and you want to go booth to booth to booth and i, I don't know this is this is this no, that's is a, good. That's booth. Booth. That's yeah. a booth booth to booth to booth and you are looking for potential licensees yeah. and they are manufacturers oh. and to get into the show it's usually free if you register in advance now you still have the plane flight 
and you still have your hotel. Now, if you're flying to Vegas where I live, you can go see some shows and they can try to bleed money out of you and you can lose money for gambling and stuff, but you can combine it with a little vacation uh, if you want to. Andrew, you know what's interesting about these trade shows? And I've been going to trade shows for over 40 years. I love trade shows and I work a trade show, meaning I'm working it. I'm, I'm knocking on doors. I'm meeting potential licensees. I'm meeting companies. That's how you work a show. But I asked someone the other day that's kind of a big believer in these trade shows for inventors. And I said, all right, okay, fair enough. Show me a success. Show me one. Show, show me any. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Well, first of all, you crazy. And it just drives me crazy. But anyway, anyway, yeah. let's yeah. move on from that. We got a lot of questions. Okay. I want to hit, yeah, but I want to say one thing. There's a, there's someone that's watching our show that I didn't know was watching our show. And I want to make a call out to that person. Because okay. sometimes, and he asked, the person asked me, Steve, I go, I listen to your shows all the time. Um, do you see me? I go, no, we only see the people that comment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't see other people watching. And this is one of our favorite people we have on our YouTube channel, Mark Portney. Oh, yeah, he's a spicy Mark, spicy he's Mark. A, no, no, I, I call him potty mouth Mark. Well, he's, he swears. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> I don't, but, not big on that, but I know, I know. But, but Mark Portney, if you watch our YouTube channel, he gives a very different perspective on products. He's more in the venturing side, which we don't really like too much. He takes projects on. I mean, the guy's, the guy's out there, but I'll tell you, his, his perspective, the one thing you're going to get from us and you're going to get from Mark, we're going to tell you like it is kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He, no. So what I just said, so Mark has, uh, great advice i'm not saying any good advice he just he just swears a lot you know but it's it's funny you know i was i don't swear very often at all and i swear like once on my live stream on youtube and we got somebody emailing me like oh i i really thought andrew and were great but then andrew why did he swear like that i don't know they had their kid watching i think or something. he said I'm one like, word i mean that you know compared to mark I, i'm like oh they don't not want to watch mark on this you're videos like, with you're like I, I couldn't like believe an angel. it because I'll tell you, Mark, you know what you're going to get. You never swear at all. So one time we said this one word. Yeah, I think people were surprised. I, right, Mark, and I, I, I think I think I just said like, God damn it or something like that. I, I didn't I, even say it wasn't even a swear anyway, word. Anyway, I told Mark I'd do a call out. Hey, Mark, thanks for watching. I didn't know you're a fan, but thanks for watching our Q&A. That's funny. Um, hey, you guys, if you type in, um, we had one person here that said, Oh, I thought this was a 7 p.m. I have no idea what time zone they're in. Um, we should check on social media. I don't know if we're still showing the old time because we're doing a little bit earlier now. But if you guys let it type in, if you just got a notification we're doing this or you plan to attend, right? Plan to attend or just got the notification. I'm really curious because we have a lot of people on here. A lot of and folks. One from Josh. Um, yeah. Those portals are very tempting, though. Yes, they are. They're very yeah, tempting. It looks the good. Majority here, they're very tempting. Well, I can certainly try find a way around the portals. Is there anything wrong with using it anyway? See, they gotcha. They gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't do the portals, you guys. There's only okay. There's 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 two places where I think the portals are okay. Now I know there's a lot of portals, but there's only two. Oxo, the kitchen company. I think they do a great job at the portal because they do work with a lot of inventors. They, they have a great inventor relations department. They're very serious. They license a ton of stuff. 
Oxo is a great company. I also think Hasbro with their Spark, they're very serious about it too. But every other portal out there, nothing. So don't do it. There you go. Don't, right. don't do it. And the ones that charge money, forget it. Oh, my there God. You. I would never pay to submit a well, product some of them to a charge company. Money. Some of Which them charge one? money now. No, that's not okay. I mean, why? Why? Let me tell you how ridiculous this is. Portals don't work, and now, I'm gonna, now they're going to charge you money to go into the portals? To, well, to submit a product to them? That, no, that's wrong. That's not good. Okay. It's just awful. I saw one once where they said it's a $5 donation to a charity. So they're just trying to see if you... But I thought that was interesting. I've only seen that once. That's not bad. Um, yeah, not, that uh, they're like, okay, if people don't have don't $5. Yeah, but I thought I that, that was just the only one time I've seen that. Okay, most people are just typing in, uh, just happened onto this while it's live on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm subscribed to you guys, so I got notified. That's how people... Hey, Eric, you know. I just spoke to Eric this morning. Welcome to InventRight. He's part of our program. I had the second call. You guys, just so you know, when you when you sign up uh, to be a member, you, you have that first call with your coach. He goes through everything, gets to know you, gets to understand what you're trying to achieve. And then that second call, I, I'm on that second call to make sure we're, we have a game plan. And then I'm going to follow up later during your program to make sure everything's working right. So, Eric, it was a pleasure meeting you today, and I see you there. Thank you for coming on. Cool. I got a question from David here. David says, while doing my patent search, I found an expired patent that has some similar characteristics to my product. Should I consider this as prior art that might prevent me from patenting my product, even though my product has major improvements? So, oh, yeah, oh, no. Oh, so, oh, David, oh. It's, it's okay. It's all right. So maybe it has some similarities. But yours has some improvements that that doesn't have, and that's what you're protecting. And the that patent that expired is public domain. Anybody can do those features, right? But you've got something new. I would not worry about that. I would not worry about that for two seconds. Now, it depends on every scenario. But if you believe your product has benefits over and above, if somebody made that version on that product that's patent is expired, and that was sitting, I'm using my hands a lot today, Stephen. And then that was yours is sitting on the shelf right next to it. And most people would buy your product. Let's say 60 to 70% would buy your product over this other one. You're good. That's fine. You've got enough benefit to license the product. What do you think, Stephen? I think you're absolutely right, Andrew. Okay. I love great. the way you explain this stuff. You're so, you're just on point. I'm using today. my hands. I'm using you're my on, hands. You're on point today. My, my, my wife is a, a Italian Brazilian. So, you know, I, I, I'm using my hands. You're more because she's. I really, she's I really like it. I really like it. <laughs> I really like it. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Question. Oh no, you already answered that one. That was a good one, Andrew. You answered that so spot. Well, answer. Well, let's do this one. Paul says, "Evening, guys. How are you guys doing today, Stephen? How are you doing?" Well, I'm a little irritated. <laughs> you asked. No one ever asked how am I doing today. I'm very irritated. No, 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 okay, all right. I was on a call earlier today with um, one of our members and a patent attorney. And this patent attorney is driving me uh, crazy because he's doing things that are not appropriate. Yeah. Right? And so it bothers me. And, and Andrew knows how passionate I am about it, how we fight for every one of our members. And I'll tell you, I don't like when someone's doing something that's not helpful. They're taking advantage of you. I don't like it. So that's yeah. what I did this morning. So that wasn't really, that didn't set me off. That was at 7 a.m., Andrew. That was that great call at 7 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but they, you know, we 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 take care of our folks, you know. And it's they don't. Oh, let's not go on. We did a whole hour on attorneys yesterday, but um, you know, sometimes people don't. They just don't know the way to work with an attorney. We did an IGA meeting yesterday, and this guy was giving some great tips about working with an attorney. Well, and I was asking questions. You, know. you, you said this. You said some, something to me, and you said this many, many years. What did I say? It's very easy for a patent attorney to sell fear. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and they really have a they have an obligation, kind of. They they have a code of conduct. That if they're not doing certain things, they you can call them out and they can get in trouble at the USPTO or the or the state that they're, they're in. They have a certain conduct they have to perform. And some yeah. of them do a wonderful job. Don't get me wrong. There's some really amazing patent attorneys and patent agents. And if you guys want those names for those guys, email me, Stephen Key at inventrate.com, and I will send over some of those guys that are fantastic. Now there's a flip side to this. There are a few of these guys that sell fear, right? And they also are having you spend money in areas you don't need to. And they're keeping you in the dark as to how it really works. It's just awful. Yeah. And I, I ran into this one guy. I'm not going to say his name, but this guy, let me tell you where he lives. I'm not going to say that either, but I can tell you he's just coming up all the time of just causing these problems and he's thinking he's doing the right thing but he's he's really crossing the line a little bit and i think he knows he is yeah but yeah. you know even even when you when you have a good patent attorney or agent that you know it's not it's when do you use them right and the invent right approach like so let's say you email steve and go hey give me those good patent attorneys i need a patent well do you like our whole approach is to file a provisional patent for sixty dollars. You can use the smart IP software we have on our site, which is only ninety-nine dollars. And if you get unlimited use of it for if you're a student of ours, and you spend sixty dollars to get a provisional, and you see if there's interest. You never need more than a year when you're when you're licensing to see if there's interest. If you get interest, most of the time you get the company to pay for the patent. And if you can't, you'll get some sort of advance. You can use that money and you can pay for the patent. And you're quite often the vast majority of the time you're going to need to make some changes. If you spend 10,000 on a patent and you realize, oh, the company wants me to make this change, you're going to spend another 10,000? It's insanity, people. Hey, so, let, me go, let, me, let me go worse than that. Yeah. There's a situation where they say, well, we're going to file a provisional patent application, but we're going to do it right. Right. We want to file it like a full utility, and therefore yeah. that's why we're going to charge you $10,000. Yeah, so now yeah. your PPA is $10,000. So, yeah, it's freaking stupid. Or, or, or they say, oh, and we'll only charge you 2000 more when you're ready to upgrade. It's because... Here's what's worse. Yeah. And, and then when you want to go to a non-provisional, it's another $6,000, $7,000. Right, right, right. But well, they, they know that a lot of inventors won't come back to them. And they're like, I'm going to get as much money I can. This yes. is my thing. Yes. As much money out of this inventor as I can yes. now because I don't want to just get a little bit for filing no, no, a provisional. We want to do it right. We want to do it right. Right, right. It's bullshit. I bullshit. Know. You know. Thank you. Um. So, John, on another, you know, rant, Stephen, go off on here. And you swore. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's legit. When I'm oh, fighting for people, you I think Mark Portney here. Stop it. Yes, yeah, so I'm Mark. If Mark, if you're here, if you want to type in, you give me, give me a list of your favorite swear words. I'll write them down. So I love Mark. Yeah, I know everybody likes Mark. He's crazy. But, but, Tim Brown. But John, wait, wait, wait. Oh, we okay. have Tim Brennan in the house. Tim, Tim, all the way from the UK. 
Tim great Brown. product. One hey, I want to talk about. Yeah, grab that product for a minute. I want to talk about one Tim. Of, one of one of his products. Yeah, Tim. Tim's Tim is one of our members. He's been a member with us for a long, long time. But let me tell you what's really amazing about Tim. Tim is a professional, you know, designer. I mean, he went to school for that. This guy's really, really good. And he built a relationship with the company. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and because of that relationship, they told him what their wish list was. Yeah, we, we told want, the story before, but it's a good story. I love, I love it. the story. They told yeah. him we want this. And he licensed that uh, the multi-grip mandolin. Great, great. But it wasn't product. what he was showing them. They said we want something else, and then he invented this. Then he yeah, because they were telling him, hey. So, Tim, thank you. I love telling that story because yeah, we, he's been on here many times that we told that story, but I think it's a great story. Yeah, I, I yeah, definitely. Um, go ahead. Okay. I also want to say one thing here because this question comes up all the time, and we probably have some international people watching this too. Yeah. So, someone always asks me, if I live outside the United States, can I still license ideas? Nah, the they're screwed. They can't do that. So yeah. I've got a video I just posted, but I want to call out Tim's in the UK. Ben Greenwood licensed an idea to Hasbro. He's in the UK. We have Damien up in Canada's licensing outdoor utensils. We have Laura up in Scotland that's licensed an idea. We have Julie that's done an All egg smoking process in Australia. We have Connie that did a microfiber broom living, living I in... And wait, I'm impressed uh, you're remembering all these. We've got, we've got Muhammad Ali doing Cairo licensed all over the world. I'm just saying to you, yeah. you guys, you can Great. do this anywhere in the world. Andrew's really impressed that you all these things, right? I, 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 the names and the, yeah, I'm impressed because you just did the video. Yes. You, yeah, I just, just did the video. Yeah, okay. I'm impressed. He wasn't, I, I'm impressed. But yeah, you know, and, and let's talk about, let's talk about that. Some of the major misconceptions people have when they don't live in the United States is they think, well, I'm going to be licensing just in my country. No, 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 no. Like I'll give you Australia for as an example. So Australia is a very large company, but a country, but a fairly small population. And the attitude for a lot of Australian companies is kind of a little old school. Well, who are you? You're not a big company. Can you license in Australia? Absolutely. Are you less likely to license in Australia than the US or Canada or Europe? Yes. So if, if you if you're in it, like, let's say you're in Australia, you should look at U.S. and Canadian companies first. You can look at some European companies, a lot of them, especially if in the U.S. and in Europe. And you can look at Australian companies. There's nothing wrong with adding them to your list. But if you limit yourself to your home country, if it's outside of the U.S., you are it's a recipe for failure. You will fail. You, you have to. And Americans, we have this attitude and there's a lot of i think really messed up attitudes americans have these days um but i think the one attitude that we still have is we believe anybody can make it doesn't matter your education it, it's part of the american psyche what's wrong and with that attitude it's a great attitude no it's beautiful so even though this person you're approaching is working in corporate america and they're a corporate person they still have this feeling like I saw Elon Musk do this. I saw this as probably a bad example, but I, I, I believe that anybody can do it. So they're not grilling you. What's your portfolio? Like what, what have you done before? Like they don't care. They just want a good product in front of them. So that is one of the greatest things about, and, and I don't care if it's a European company and they're really big in the U S 
if you're contacting American workers and their marketing people in the back of their psyche, that's what they believe. Now, if you're doing that in Australia and Australian people told me this in the back of their psyche, they're kind of really questioning you. So that's why your main focus should always be the US and Canada and Canadian and American companies, sorry, European companies that are really big in the US and Canada. And a European company that's big in the US and Canada is the same as an American company to me. They're Americans you're reaching out to, they got an American office. Uh, and fine, be proud, reach out to companies in your home country, but do not limit yourself there. You don't do that, people. Just don't. Hey, I want to answer three questions really, really I should have been on that video with you, Stephen. I hope you covered all that in your video that you did. Hell Is that no. coming out tomorrow? I don't know. It's out now. It's, it's going to be out in 26 minutes. Okay. Okay, cool. okay you guys, I want to answer some of these really, really quick answer. here. Someone <laughs> says, look, should I simplify my product idea? I've been told an invention is too technical. Yes, Paul, do it. If it's too technical, make it simple. Okay, answer that question. Number two, someone's asked me, hey, I'm from Brazil. Thank you. Andrew, Andrew goes down to Brazil all the time. Um, I'm going so down there this summer, actually. Yeah. So thank you for attending. Okay, great. We have international. Someone's asked me, Steve, when are you going to get that book done? You guys, I got this book called One Big Idea, How to Catch the Whale. I wrote it, and I'm waiting for some big announcement to happen so I can kind of tie in the announcement with the book. Now, what is the book about? Part of the book is about how to overcome every obstacle in a licensing agreement. I, I told Andrew, the team, I would never write about that. Those are secrets, those are techniques. But I decided I was gonna go through all the obstacles and how to negotiate through minimum guarantees, performance clauses, identification, everything to get the best possible deal. You will not find that information anywhere in the world the way I'm gonna present it. Number two though, part of the book is, how do you catch a big company? Not a small company, but a major company. So I, I, I wanna get it out there, you guys. I just wanna time it. And let me tell you why I wanna time it. And it's really, I'm going to be really selfish here, Andrew. It's all about me now. Okay. All about me. <laughs> I want to time the book so I can make this big announcement and tie the announcement with the book. Yeah, sure. It makes sense. It, it makes sense because I want to use the techniques in the book to make this announcement to show you this is what we did using these. So it just, it helps tell the story a little bit better. So Good, good marketing, just, you know, it's good marketing. I guess. Anyway, uh, Joshua right. has a question. A you, just answered a couple. Okay, this this one can this one's for you, Stephen, because you've you've done uh, consumable products. You've done your spin label, which is on the packaging, which is kind of like a consumable product. Uh, Joshua says, "I have a consumable product. I'm starting to get interest during negotiations. Should I expect a lower royalty?" So obviously, when your label went on a container, Stephen, and they're going to sell like tens or hundreds of millions of, of, of packages with that label on it. Obviously, that's not the same as getting a 5 or 6 or 7 or 8% royalty on a, a consumer product or an industrial product, right? So <clears throat> on a consumable product that's really, really high volume, I know what the answer is, but I want you to give it. What should you expect? Well, it depends on where your invention is. Mine was on the packaging, not the product. Right. So my royalty was a 5% on the product, on the packaging. 
I didn't mm -hmm. take 5% on the total package of the packaging right. or the product in my package. Which is a right. unique situation. Uh, yeah. Very, very different. But even with Fishbone <laughs> here, the, the, the royalty comes off the package, but not the not the product that's, that's well, let's say the package. We don't know all the details about Joshua's product, but let's say the whole product is a consumable product. So they're oh. going to buy it over and over and over again. Usually, well, you guys, bottom line is every situation is very different. And make sure you get some help doing that because if not, you will make mistakes. I can guarantee it. And people don't really realize you you negotiate way before you have the licensing agreement. Because, Andrew, people say all the time, Steve, I'll give you a call once I get the licensing agreement. I go, too late. I mean, I can, but... Everything leads up to negotiation. It's how you find your IP, your marketing material, who the company is, what you've talked about, the costing, all these things kind of add up to where you have some leverage. But to answer Joshua's question, it's probably gonna be a slightly lower royalty, but it really depends. It, 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 if, if his product is so amazing and his product's completely new, it's not just a new version of what they're already selling, you know, um, you know, he still it, might, it, I don't care if it's consumable, he still might get five, it, six, It's not about the royalty rate. Yeah, it's a volume, right? So, is it a consumable product in massive? Like, are they going to be selling, you know, fifty million units a year? Are they going to be selling a million units a year, two hundred thousand a year? Consumable, yeah. Most likely, if it's a consumable, it could be in the billions. Yeah, right? who knows? So, if know, that's yeah. how you're going to determine what the royalty is, and you're going yeah. to be decide, Joshua, am yeah. I happy with that royalty? And that goes to what Stephen says is. Those conversations you have with the company are going to determine what you're going to ask for. So it's not like this general thing. Oh, it's a consumable, so it's a lower royalty. It's like, well, geez, okay, if I ask for that, that's kind of like insane. Like I'm going to be earning let me five million dollars a year or something. Let me tell you, the bigger issue is who do you license it to? See, See he says starting to get a little interest. He says, I know, but but let's say I have a product that's going to be on Pepsi. Let's say. It's a new packaging for Pepsi. Right. They only sell a couple hundred units a month. You know, it's like, yeah. If I, number one, if I license the Pepsi, let me tell you what's going to happen. <clears throat> they will never pay a royalty. Right. People don't even know that. They will never pay a royalty. Right. And if I did license to him, it would be a one set fee and they would never let me license it to anybody else. Okay. So there's another strategy. I license it to the person that sells the Pepsi. Right. Okay. Because that means that now I'm not part of Pepsi's cost. I can get a royalty from the manufacturer and he can supply other people. That, that's, that's unique to packaging though. That's gets, it confuses people, but you're right. And what, what is correct for Joshua sounds Joshua. I don't mean to give a sales pitch, but sounds like you definitely need us. If you're starting to get interest, and you're you're doing a consumable product like someone here we here's member, we here's something up, us, go ahead we had a member call us that signed a licensing deal for 10 million dollars you guys that's really unusual okay that that's not common right that like like what the heck happened but he was he developed software he prototyped it he built it he could do code and he sold it 10 million bucks fantastic so he signed up for our program and i called him up and i said why do you need us? You did a good job. $10 million? And he said, well, I made a mistake. I did it myself. 
And I realized that I, I heard you on a video talk about sublicensing. They went ahead and sublicensed it for another five million, and I didn't get a piece of it. Yeah. So did he save himself any money, Andrew? No. No, no he realized he cost himself money by making a mistake. Yeah, I know he did. So don't yeah. do that, you guys. Get some help. If you got if you got something happening, get some help. Here's another general thing that I'll say with regards to negotiations that will be helpful. <clears throat> when you're talking to a company, <clears throat> if you're just reacting to what they're saying and you figure they're going to guide you, you're going to fail. At least half of the questions are your questions. And when they ask questions, you're going to redirect a lot of the questions. You're going to not answer some. You're going to answer some. But if you're just reacting to what they're saying, you're probably never going to do a deal. Only the most, the best products you'll do a deal because you're not doing it right. So that is something that when I get people that are fans of ours and they're like, I'm in a deal and, and I talk to them and I realize they're literally just reacting and answering the company's questions, thinking that's going to get them a deal. And it's not. You're going to mess want, it up that way. Hey, I want to talk to this one presents talking about Hasbro for a minute. You guys, you know, my background's in the toy industry. That's how I started. We have a lot of our members at InventRight that are in the toy um, field that are licensing a lot of ideas right now. It's kind of it's kind of exploded a little bit. But someone that lives in the UK, I just mentioned him, Ben Greenwood licensed this to Hasbro, right? And you guys, you know, it's just, what's really amazing about this product, it's reusable, reusable water balloons. Re mm. No plastic, reusable water balloons. Nice. Okay. So when you first think about it, it's not three mm. balls, no, it's like no big deal, no big deal. Okay. This is a huge deal. Mm. And because I'll tell you, the negotiations alone, Andrew, working with Ben took months months and ben was ready to jump off a cliff every time i talked to him right because he had not been through it and he kept on thinking they were trying to you know do something appropriate right he just didn't understand it because it was his first time and it's a really big deal because this product sells you know with all these warnings it sells around the world mm -hmm. i mean this is this is such a big deal so what I'm saying to you, when you're dealing with the Hasbro or one of those big companies like that, know what, it, know what it means? It means you're in the Super Bowl, right? You're not just throwing a football out in the, you know, at the, you know, down at the local junior college. No, you're in the Super Bowl. So if you're going to be in the Super Bowl, find a coach. My best advice, don't do this by yourself. Find a coach that can guide you that's already been through so you can win. But even, Stephen, we've, we've seen many, many deals where their coach and our negotiation coach, Paul, or you and I have helped. And they're not mega corps like uh, Hasbro, but they're large or medium-sized companies or even small. And it's like a Super Bowl-type competition. And deals can drag over many months. And um, so just because it's big, you can have smaller companies that are equally difficult, too. Oh God! Yeah. So yeah. this oh, gentleman yeah. is asking, I've got more than a sell sheet. I got, a, I've got some other stuff. I want a higher royalty rate. How do you negotiate a higher royalty rate? I don't care if it's Hasbro. Let's say it's anybody. Yeah. How do you get, how do you get a higher royalty rate? Okay, let's talk about that for a minute because I, I don't think people understand. It's all about what you're bringing to the table and making their life a little easier. So, if I've got good intellectual property, I've done it correctly, right? 
I've written a, a PPA correctly. Uh, I've included workarounds and variations of manufacturing. I've really done a good job, right? That has value. That's going to help you. If I have a patent issued, even more value, right? You don't have to, but of course it's helpful. I don't think you need to do that, but it's helpful. If I've got a works like prototype that I can show exactly how it works, good for you, even better. If I've got a marketing quote and a bill of materials so I know exactly what it's going to cost, good for you. If I know the difference between all the other products on the market, I know my point of difference very clearly, I have a little bit more leverage, good for you. If I know what it's going to retail for, I know what the wholesale price is, and I know there's more profit in there, good for you. Those are all things that are going to help you ask for a bigger number. So, but, but so most of our students don't have 90% of that and they're still doing a deal. I, I know that, but what I'm talking about, you don't need all that. Right. Right. But if you got it dealing with a Hasbro or something or uh, sometimes other well, companies. Even, even more than that, if I've got market demand, if I know a company wants it, if I created that, if I've got a PPA, that will help me too. But, but just to think that if I go into some negotiation and I show them the bare minimum, that's good. But I'm not going to be able to ask higher than five. It makes it harder. I have an argument. To I, I, would, I would make the argument that even if you did have those other things, a lot of companies would still keep you at five. You know, it, it, but, it, but it might help you close the deal. It, you know, it's all about having the confidence to having a good argument why they should pay you more. That's right. why you need a coach sure. behind you. Yeah. That's why you need someone to go, hey, it's not just the royalty rate, but what about is it an exclusive? What about the improvement clause? What about the grant of license? What about the territories? What about the categories? Because everybody worries about the royalty rate, but there's so many things in the contract that impact that royalty rate. So right. if you're kind of thinking you're going to figure this out, you are wrong. Right. And as we talk about all the time, you can get a great royalty rate, but if the volume's not there, it's not going to add up to much. So, but that that goes back to some of the earlier questions there's a lot of interviewing that you have to do and if you don't know how to do that you're just going to be answering their questions you're going to be going down the wrong path so steven's right the negotiation begins long before you even reach out to the company in knowing how to do things correctly okay what did tim say here tim said what you just said andrew is gold steering the conversation 70 percent of the time so it's unnatural, but critical strategy must be the number one thing inventors miss. It's not unnatural. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? It doesn't, they don't even realize you're doing it half the time. It's not going to feel unnatural if, if you've done it before and you're used to doing it, right? It's not, know, a, does it, it feel unnatural to you, Stephen, when you do a negotiation? No, it doesn't because I'm, I'm going to ask good questions. First of all, I'm going to ask questions before you get to the negotiations. I'm going to ask yes. questions about that first call that I can use later, right? Yes. And, okay. And also, I'm going to ask them, what's important to you? Right. I'm going to ask them, is intellectual property important? What countries do you want it in? What about our product that you like so much? Could you please tell me about that? I'm going to ask all these other questions. But sometimes us inventors, I've seen them say this before. I've got a call with the company. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what type of royalty rate I'm going to ask for. I'm like... That's like going on a first date with the girl and discussing how many kids you have, you're going to have. It's too early. It's out of sequence, Andrew. And, and if you go out of sequence with the company, 
it's a red flag that, you know, they're going to have to educate you. They're going to have to hold your hand. This is going to be painful. They don't want that. They, they're, they're not there to hold your hand to educate you. They're not there for that. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, and quite often, you know, maybe the company's licensed five things, but the marketing manager that likes your product hasn't ever licensed something. You need to educate them and guide that person because he likes your product, but he doesn't really know how to put a licensing deal together. Stephen, I want to do this question from David uh, Topham here. So, David, I completely disagree with this person that told you this, and but I love this. I love that you're sharing this. He said, "I know your perspective, but a while ago, somebody told me if it's difficult to manufacture, you must license it. If it's easy and inexpensive to produce, then maybe you should form a company and produce it yourself." Clarifying thoughts. They're missing like 90% of the game here. So, okay, let's say it's a piece of cake. Let's say it's the easiest thing in the world to manufacture. It's still hard, trust me. If you've never manufactured something, outsourced something to China or whatever you have to do, it could be easy as hell and it's still hard just on the manufacturing. But you still need to do marketing. You still need to raise money and work on cash flow. Retailers don't want to give you the time of day because you're a one product company. So this person that told you that doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. You know, they, they're like, oh, well, it's easy to manufacture. They're not looking at the entire business that you need to run. They're looking at like one tenth well, of it. The, to manufacture. the person that gave that advice has never done it before. No, they haven't. They haven't. But, but, Guys, but here's, yeah. here's the other thing, too. If you're going to get advice from somebody, make sure they've done it before. <clears throat> right. And make sure they've done it repeatedly. And make sure they've got references or make sure they've got a resume or make sure whatever, because there's a lot of free advice out there, Andrew. And, and sometimes it's free, but it's very costly if you take it. So just be really aware that whoever you decide to have a conversation with or, or get some information, make sure they, they've got a lot of experience at this. I know a lot of people that have ideas. They ask people, what should I do? Well, get a patent. You know, you're like, oh, wait, does that, what does that person know about patents? Has he ever filed a patent? I mean, why would you get a patent? Who do you, I mean, it's like, come on, you guys. Just well, I, I, this way, you've heard me say this before, Stephen. Consider it a compliment. They have no idea what they're talking about. What they're saying is, I like your idea. I think it's a great idea. I'm worried about you getting ripped off, so get a patent. So okay. they're giving you terrible advice, but they're saying, I like your idea. I think it has value. So just take it That's for what it, it is, but don't run out and get a patent the second somebody tells you you should do that evaluate you know and, and anything we share with you today should not because legal advice please consult your attorney if you're looking for legal advice this hey, is just general business legal advice andrew's here he'll help you with all your uh right i'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna. here's another one um what about licensing agents andrew i want to hire what? a licensing agent to represent that? the no, I want someone, I want to give someone my idea and let them do all the work. I want a licensing agent that's well, going to okay. take my product and get a deal. All right. So first off, I'm not going to tell you they're a unicorn and they don't exist. But most people that are doing what a licensing agent is claiming to do, they're going to, you got an idea and they're going to reach out for you. Most of them are, would be considered invention promotion or invention submission companies. The companies that the Federal Trade Commission and the Patent Office warn against and they kind of pretend to work on your idea they say the contract says you need to submit your idea to industry if they just spam three people with some emails they met their contractual obligation now here's what we experienced in invent right for people that had so-called agents every single day or at least every other day dana and sylvia 
who are salespeople here in Bentwright, talk to somebody that say they're like licking their wounds. It was 10 years ago, two years ago, whenever. And this inventor spent 10 or $12,000. And we say, how did that work out? Nothing, zero, zitch. Now, I have never personally talked to an inventor in the 23 years I've been doing event right in the 14 years I did my inventor association Silicon Valley ever ever personally that I've witnessed license a product that way now because the work isn't really but happening it people so appealing it sounds so it's out yeah I well that's what they do they reach out to companies the thing the problem is they're not really reaching out they're taking your money and then they're taking money from somebody else somebody else somebody else and it's all a game okay it's like a bad neighborhood you wander into where they're selling crack on the corner. Don't go there. Okay. I love that. <laughs> Fun. Um, anyway, just, just don't go there. Now, why are our students licensing stuff? Because they made a decision. I'm ready to do the work. We have, we talked to plenty of inventors. They're like, well, you guys are going to make me do work. I don't want to do that. Great. We don't want them. But the people that are ready to do work and ready to be professional, ready to spend two to six hours a week, those two, I'm going to consistently work on my product. They license products, not because it's rocket science. I mean, we do make sure you do and say everything right, but because they're actually doing the real work, they're acting like a professional inventor. And so-called licensing agents are not. Now there might be some anomalies. They're not. They don't. They're licensing and agents. Don't they don't. See, I, I'm all about show me the proof. I want to say one thing because we're coming up on the hour pretty yeah. pretty quick. Did I ramble enough on that? Oh, you, you did. Are you you did, good? You rambled good. Good today. You, you did. All right, good. You did too. You you had some no, you had no. some spice in you, man. You were like, I'm upset about this and I, this. I, I want to say one thing. I want to thank everybody for attending today. First of all, and I also want to say that. You're, you're curious enough to attend these live Q&As and you're, you're educating yourself. Congratulations, that's the first step. But I also wanna talk about, and I've said this before, I'm gonna say it again. What do we do at InventRight? We help you license ideas. Very simple. How do we do it? Well, we do it with the roadmap, we do it with great coaches, and we get you in the game and we follow everything that you're doing to make sure you all do the right things. Why do we care? There it is, you guys. Why are Andrew and I doing this Q&A today? Why does Andrew do Q&A every Monday at InventRight TV for years? Why do we have 950 videos on our YouTube channel, which are getting close to 70,000 subscribers? Why have we written 1,000 articles on this topic? Why, why, why? Why? Okay. It's, it's very simple. I know, and Andrew knows, how it feels when you have an idea here and you see it out there in the world and people are using it and sharing it we know how you f we know what that feels like we know how remarkable that, that is we know that you feel like empowered we know that you feel special we know we know what that feeling is and we also know that if we can help you do that that we feel the same thing you do again and again and again that's the most amazing feeling we love it we're dedicated to it we're not going to stop doing it we want you to be successful. We don't want you to make these bad mistakes. We want to be able to shine the light on you and your success. Because well, we want and, you to open the doors and, for all of us. And I'm really proud. All our coaches are former students that shined as exceptional. And they also, we notice that they're really helpful people and kind people. And that's who we hired as a coach. So they get off 
on helping people be the successful inventor they want to be. Because doing this is like coming up with ideas is part of who you are. Now, actually reaching out to companies and doing the work, that needs to be part of who you are too. So we can help people be feel empowered like that. We get a rush out of it. I mean, maybe it's selfish. Maybe we we it makes us feel good and we, we want that we're adrenaline junkies and we get that rush. And and even people in our customer service team, our sales team, and our coaching team, they hear that regularly and that keeps them going. So that's why wanna, we do it, you know? Yeah, and I want to thank everyone that writes me these beautiful notes saying that you thank us for doing that. So, Andrew, it's, I, I, I've got well, a, just, I, I a class to I, teach in a few I minutes. know, but I want to say this. Jim said, hi, guys. Thanks for today. As, as always, great as always. I have my first call with Coach Keanu tomorrow. I'm ready to go. Keanu's amazing. He's uh, one of our younger coaches. I don't know if him or Courtney are younger. I haven't checked, but he's, he's really driven. He's amazing. You're going to love him, Jim. Um, and then... Melissa, she's, I think she might be new. Did I hear you correctly earlier that 5% is a common royalty rate? Is that based on the retail sales price? Usually based on the wholesale. But Melissa, I'm going to tell you, sometimes a company only has a 20% profit margin. They're giving you a quarter of that, and they're going to do all the work, take all the risk. It's amazing. Now, the volume is where it's at. You're getting 5%. They're selling half a million units a year, 50,000, whatever is appropriate for that product. You got to do the numbers. And you run the numbers like, oh, I would be happy with that royalty, or I wouldn't. So that's what you want to do for those that are new. Um, okay, great. Oh, uh, and then uh, Lori said, stumbling across your page on YouTube last fall was no coincidence. Thank you so much, Co Coach Courtney is the bomb. Yes, she is. You know, you guys are quoting both our two youngest coaches, and they're they're amazing. So, um, now, let me tell you the thing about what Courtney said to me that was so important. She says, Steve. When I work with someone on their idea, it's like this little bird or this, this little plant that's just growing. And my job is to protect it. My job is to grow it. My job to let it fly. My job is to grow it into a tree. When she told Love me that, it made, it, it, made it, it made sense to me that she, she has the same mission I do. And if you're listening today, you have the same mission we all do. We need to support each other. We need for you to be part of the conversation. And we want you to be successful because I'll tell you, when this, when I saw this happen, Andrew, after working so long with this gentleman, and now seeing this, I feel amazing. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's even more empowering than your own products because oh, you God, you, you help you plan. help somebody else out. So, right. Stephen, I know you got to go because you're teaching this class for kids. You guys should check out inventright.com. Click on the free resources. Make sure to sign up for that if you haven't. And if you want to talk to Sylvia or Dana or myself, um, click on the contact us page. We'd be happy to talk to you about how we can help. And um, Stephen, good luck with the kids. Um, and take care, everybody. Keep inventing. See you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.